Welcome to Indiana basketball. All the way outside the Watford, three on the way. Oh! And one out! The Ferenzi for three! Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Hysteria Podcast. We're in 49 other states of just basketball, but this is Indiana. Steve, how's it going? Oh, going great. Great Friday. That's right. Big Pacer news, of course. Everyone, unless they're living under a rock, has seen the news by now. Rick Carlisle has returned. And obviously, this is a big deal for the franchise. Uh, It signals a lot of things that we'll talk about. Um, but I, I first want to go way back, uh, Steve, you know, being a longtime Pacer fan, uh, what do you remember about him from his first tenure? You know, he was the assistant coach under Larry Bird, spent some time with Detroit, came back to coach the Pacers, of course, the Malice in the Palace, uh, took the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals, had a really successful uh, time here before, you know, leaving for Dallas. But what do you remember about him from way back when? I mean, I've got mostly really positive memories. I mean, uh, Coming out of Detroit, he'd done a really nice job, and he stepped right into a, a Pacers team that was already set up pretty well, and I thought he just continued uh, to build things there. Um, you look back at his record, and he went 181 and 147, 55% uh, win percentage. And, uh, I mean, I have mostly positive memories. Seems like those Pacers teams always competed hard, and uh, we're always in the hunt for – other than I think there was like a, a season or two that were a little bit of a struggle. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, you know, I got to give a shout-out, too, to Chris Goff. He's one of our guests that we've had on the show. And uh, he mentioned preferring the Rick Carlisle model. And uh, he just texted me the other day, and he said, I, I didn't know that the actual Rick Carlisle <laughs> would be available <laughs> to come back. But I've talked to Chris a lot over the years about how, you know, we believe Carlisle was probably, as far as X's and O's, the best Pacers coach that we remember. Um, there's some other guys that have a higher winning percentage, but obviously with the malice in the palace and some other things that he dealt with, um, that's why the record wasn't quite as high, but as you mentioned, yeah. was really good anyway. But I remember that 61-win Pacer team, the you know, Eastern Conference Finals, and then, of course, the next season when they – you know, look to be the favorite, even ESPN and the national writers. Yeah, there was a time when national writers were all about the Pacers and then everything came crashing down. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite memories, too, is uh, they took a, I believe, 2-1 series lead in the first round of the playoffs, uh, if I'm remembering correctly. And I remember uh, somebody talked about, well, Reggie Miller, you know, pushed off and he did this, you know, it's an offensive foul. And I remember Carlisle in the press conference saying, are you kidding me? The year that we've had, and that's what you want to talk about. (laughs) So I still remember that uh, from many years ago, um, just the way he would, you know, stick up for his players and um, be a good offensive mind. And you look throughout his history, Detroit, Indiana, Dallas, he's had really good offenses. And what I think is important is he's adapted to different eras of basketball. I mean, he was, he was great for Jermaine O'Neal, and now he talks about how, you know, the post-up is no longer, you know, a great offensive play, um, which is obviously 
debatable when you talk, you know, having DeMontis Sabonis on your team. And, and he uh, obviously posted up with Porzingis and Dallas some, but I think he's adapted well. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a home run higher. You know, I did the article uh, last month about how the Pacers need to really hit on this coaching hire and the draft, whether they make a trade or whether they select someone at number 13, they've got to hit on both. And so far so good. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it kind of caught me off guard. It wasn't quite the, the type of hire I was expecting, but it, I, the Pacers need some consistency right now. And things have been in flux, especially this past year. Things have been in flux with this group of players that they have, which we could talk about as well as they, you know, you could argue they've run these last two coaches out of town. And Carlisle's going to be a guy who's going to come in. He's proven he can do it. Um, you know, in different situations, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I know the the moment that he said he was leaving Dallas, you know, a lot of people's radars went up and, and thought, is it possible that he would come back? It's really rare, you know, a guy gets yeah. to go from somewhere to go back to that place. Um, and and I think, like many people, I was thinking he was probably wanting Boston or Milwaukee. Yeah, and who knows if Milwaukee would have lost to Brooklyn? You know, if that job became available, maybe he goes there. Um, so maybe for once the stars kind of aligned for the Pacers, or maybe he wanted Indy all along. It's hard to say, but um, it's nice to be. It's nice to feel wanted. You know, he's got a a revolutionary player over there in Dallas, but he just felt like it was time to move on, and for him to still have such high, uh, you know, high hopes for the Pacers roster um, to have good memories, uh, working relationships with the people here. That's a good feeling. I was also looking, he's got, I think he's got 836 career wins, something around there. You know, if he stays for his four-year contract, um, he's going to win number 1,000 in Indiana, which will be pretty cool as well. Would be, yeah. Um, of course, that's down the, down the road, but that's only an average of, you know, playing 500 ball for four years. Surely, <laughs> they'll do that better than that. But uh, I think just released an article today, and I was talking about what this guarantees and what it doesn't. I think this guarantees – very clearly, the Pacers are not going to rebuild. Um, it doesn't rule out big moves, but I think largely the roster will come back. Um, he mentioned ESPN about uh, wanting to get this roster healthy, don't we all? Um, but I think it at least shows the Pacers are going for it. It's a win-now type move. They're not going to blow this thing up. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if – I think one thing it doesn't really guarantee, though, is who exactly comes back. Does this mean the – the, you know, Turbonus will be split up. We have absolutely no idea on that. Um, I think Carlisle is going to talk to the media maybe early next week. So we'll, that'll be interesting to hear what he has to say. But what are your initial thoughts on what you think? Maybe you've seen a couple of his early comments, what you think the roster may look like now that they have this home run hire of a coach. Well, I, I don't know how, how deep to look into certain things, but this is one thing I'll say just coming out of the gate is – you know, there's been a lot of turmoil, especially this past season. I mean, we've talked about that a ton. Um, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that this team is going to respect for the most part. And the guys who don't respect him and the guys that don't fall in line, they're the guys that are going to be on down the road. And, you know, there may be some guys down the road anyway if they don't quite fit in with the system that he's trying to run here. You know, I don't know what's going to happen as far as turns Sabonis goes. I mean, I think Sabonis is one of those pieces that, you know, they need to build around, but at the same time, um, 
you know, Turner's been such a defensive presence. I mean, if they can make it work, I'd like to see that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Whatever happens, I think it's going to have a lot to do with what Carlisle wants. And, uh, you know, I, I've heard rumors maybe that even Pritchard may not be around long term. Those were rumors that were going around in the past couple of days. So, you know, maybe this is where Carlisle makes a three, four, five year run and maybe even moves up into the front office. So be really interesting to see how all that goes. But like you said, I think it's going to be, we got to go for this now. And I wonder too about some of the guys that have struggled to stay healthy. If, you know, maybe they move off to some of those guys and, you know, bring in some more consistency. Yeah. And if these players have issues with coaches, you know, three different coaches in three years, then obviously as uh, uncle Reggie said, (laughs) you need to look in the mirror if that's the case. Um, the fact that Carlisle's had all that success and has won a title, um, that is huge. And fans cannot say, you know, what's he ever won, which is one of my favorite things of this hire. Um, you know, since he since he got the job done, he's also been to some other uh, conference finals and some other deep runs. But um, I think building his staff is going to be important. I mentioned the idea of uh, I don't know if he would do it, but I'd love to continue the reunions and bring Brian Shaw back as an assistant. Yeah. Cause he's a very personable guy. He's the one that got through to Lance Stevenson the most. And, and uh, cause that's the one knock I've heard on Carlisle is he's not real personable. He's not, you know, super buddy, buddy with the guys behind the scenes, but he's here to coach winning basketball. And, you know, obviously, you know, the, the players will, um, they'll have the respect uh, for him in that regard, but would love to see the staff built around uh, maybe some more personable guys. Um, the good news is I don't think he's going to have a problem gaining interest, you know, to, to come work for him on that staff. So that'll be kind of the next thing that we look at. Pritchard mentioned that as, you know, in the season press conference of how important every single spot on that bench truly is. And that's one area the Pacers were weak in uh, as far as coaching this year. So, you know, all of that will be interesting to see. I, I think to me, it's like, hey, this summer is going to be really interesting. And it's just it's off to a great start. You know, it, and you look at who they've got. I mean, it's obviously a roster that's got quite a bit of talent that, you know, you would expect to make the playoffs next season, even if you kept it intact. If, you know, you could just kind of pull things together a little bit and keep guys like Warren healthy. But there are also some decent tradable pieces there, too, where. You know, sometimes the problem you run into when you're trying to make deals is you just don't have, you know, the right players or the right contracts to move. I think they have that with this Pacers team. So, you know, maybe you could make an upgrade or maybe even, um, you know, trade a veteran for a younger guy that you think's not far away. Um, but I think they're set up in a good position for it not being, you know, a big rebuild. I mean, the Pacers, we've talked about it before. have done a pretty good job of, you know, bridging those gaps and not bottling out. Hopefully this will be another case where they go from kind of a mediocre team and are able to, to make that step up. Yeah. And as you mentioned, uh, the assets that they do have, this is a team that's just a year removed from being a number four seed. And they went up against the heat without Sabonis and the heat went on to the finals. So, and, and even this year as a nine seed, they were still, I can't remember the exact number, but it's not like they were too terribly far down in the standings from, you know, the four or five range that we've kind of grown accustomed to. So 
Um, the fact that they do have some assets, they've got that that number 13 pick that they could either partner with a player to move up in the draft, which is would be appealing for me if there's a guy they really like um, that could also trade number 13 for a veteran player. I know a lot of uh, a lot of fans want them to get a young guy, but in the past they've made some really good trades. Um, even though they, you know, fans talk about Kawhi Leonard, but George Hill was a great acquisition for many years. And then uh, they traded a, you know, Karis Levert's pick for Tad Young. So they've had some success uh, doing some of those things, but the options are there. And uh, what's going to be interesting too, is Doug McDermott played really well for Carlisle. Um, Carlisle also had high praise. I think it was in 2019, but he had high praise for Miles Turner. So it's, it's going to be, very interesting. I can't wait to hear more of Carlisle's comments. Um, he's a straight shooter uh, like, you know, the guys before him, Larry Bird and uh, Vogel is a pretty straight shooter. Kevin Pritchard is for the most part. So um, we will probably learn a lot more um, from Carlisle in his press conference coming up probably next week. Yeah, to go along with that. Now we got Coach Woodson and Dane Fife down there in Bloomington. Now you got Carlisle here in IU. Um you know, we'll have plenty of sound bites and plenty of stuff to talk about as, as all those guys are, are pretty open. And, yeah, I agree with the other thing you said, too. I'd love to see the Pacers maybe package somebody with that pick that they have, move up and get a young player. I mean, this is a really good draft. The top has some really elite players, and it's pretty deep, too. So, I mean, the Pacers could get a really nice piece. You stick with that with what you got. And, you know, we've seen here in this playoffs, you know, some of these young teams, a guy here, a guy there, next thing you know, they're making it to the conference finals as there's a lot of fluidity in the league right now. So um, it's a prime opportunity for the Pacers to, to get in the hunt with, you know, teams like the Hawks and the Sixers. You had the Heat last year. Like there's a – the Pacers have an opportunity here. Yeah, and Carlisle's got a good track record as well with young guys and especially guards. So I think that'll be uh, something to watch and uh, very intriguing. Um, I mentioned in the article today that I don't think this guarantees a certain type of success. It doesn't guarantee deep playoff runs or anything like that, but it does guarantee that the Pacers are going for it. And probably out of the guys that were available, some of the names are floating around. I can't imagine uh, you know, feeling better about the choice Um, that they ended up going with. So if nothing else, again, it shows the Pacers are, are serious. They mean business. Even the fact that they leaked the numbers, which by the way, I think he's going to be the sixth highest paid coach in the NBA. So for everyone calling the ownership cheap, uh, they, they made sure that people saw the terms of agreement this time around to show that they're going for it. So that's, that's a good feeling as well. And, uh, yeah, it's something to be excited about. So, you know, this franchise needed some kind of jolt. Hopefully that's just part one of two or three, where parts two and three have to do with some good moves this summer. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to reiterate that. I mean, the Pacers are absolutely going for it. You don't spend four years, $29 million if you're not serious about winning, like, sooner than later. So, you know, they're committed on that end. Hopefully they'll be committed this offseason to – making the moves that they need to make and getting the guys out of town that they need to get out of town. And uh, we'll be in the hunt to, to make a run next season. Absolutely. It is a good time to be a fan of Indiana basketball, both the Hoosiers and Pacers. Next time that we uh, have a podcast, we will 
continue our two-part segments where we'll talk Pacers first and then get into some IU news. Uh, it, again, as I said, an exciting time. So buckle up. Hopefully it'll be a good summer for everyone. And then when basketball season rolls around, it should be a pretty fun time, don't you think? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. We'll have summer AAU will be kicking back in. So, you know, we'll get to see how those, um, you know, Hoosiers recruits are doing and kind of see what the landscape of that is. And uh, we should have a better idea next time we talk. Sounds good. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.